0: You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. That was gold. Welcome, Nanalog Jones, in the Tempo Film. I'm Steve. And hey, Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And boy, do we have a doozy for you. I guess we can start off by telling you we had to change our plans here for July because initially it was going to be like a man month because Top Gun Maverick was coming out and that got delayed. And I didn't notice. Actually, I have no idea when they even announced it, but you let me know. So we had to go... And uh, we decided to make a right turn into Hot and Sticky.
1: heat. Heat and hell and fire and sweat and summer and it's July. So, yeah, we decided to get, get, like you said,
0: Hot and Sticky with it. Okay, so what is our first movie of Hot and Sticky? Faust. Love of the Damned.
1: Based on the graphic novel and cult comic... I always knew deep inside that evil existed. It's a long way down. You won't even feel it. Life, death, pleasure, pain, it's all the same. I can offer you a new life, life everlasting. I can give you the power of vengeance. All I ask in return is your immortal soul. Just sign here. Now go forth and mutilate. Avenge the ones you lost. Protect the ones you love. What price would you pay? What bargain would you strike? would you go
0: <laughs>
1: from the director of return of the living dead 3 and beyond reanimator <laughs> faust love of the damned i make such a mess when i play
0: Now, a a lot of you probably haven't seen this or even heard of this. Uh, A few of you trash hounds, you definitely have. This is a tough one to find. Uh, You can only get it on DVD and VHS. And this is one of the rare ones where the DVD is actually more expensive than the VHS. Yeah, from my limited research earlier today, I believe the
1: DVD is only an import anyway. Like, it looks like it's all in English or whatever, but uh, it doesn't look like it's a regular release like the VHS was. So really, this one is one of those movies lost to VHS for the most part. Will it have a second life? Probably. It'll probably come out on Blu-ray in the next few years, but soundtrack stuff might be the reason that this is kind of tied up and only ever really existed on DVD for U.S. audio or on VHS for U.S. audiences.
0: Yeah, and we got the rated R version while the German release, possibly German release, we don't quite know, uh, got the uncut. So I don't know how much of a difference there is. I don't have the DVD and they have the VHS. So that's just a mystery we won't solve today
1: yeah i was watching this movie and was thinking
0: early on i was like
1: man it seems like there's stuff cut out of this it seems it's a pretty gooey gory goopy movie as is as at the r rating but i was like i feel like there's stuff cut i feel like there's stuff missing and even in trying to find like a you know a comparison between the two versions of the movie i couldn't even really find that online so i don't even i i don't even know for sure what's been cut what's Yeah, on this other version, this import or whatever. It's really kind of hard to find any info on what's missing here, if anything at all.
0: Luckily, there's a pretty good copy on YouTube right now. But even still, there's some scenes that are noticeably dubbed over kind of poorly. And I'm wondering if it's because the mouth doesn't match the actual audio Uh, because they had to change some of the story and you're right some of this looks hacked to bits at parts like they just took out chunks and you said at one time that the music jumped and that's just like one where they didn't even they just like cut a section out you know taped it back together and said okay go
1: yeah one of the scenes with one of the first sort of full costume superhero ish anti-hero whatever scenes in the movie where it's a big fight scene he's going after like cops and it's like in a hotel or something like that and the music is playing and it's all this uh wonderful 2000s new metal which we'll get to i love it you know it um, but uh yeah there's a moment in the fight scene or whatever where the music does just totally skip Like a beat. And I'm like, oh, well, something obviously is cut out there. They didn't even bother to fix the music for that cut. Uh, It only happened one time, but still it makes me think something
0: is out there of it longer. And I would love to see it. Are you trying to say that Brian Usna is not a perfectionist? Brian Usna has a thing, <laughs> and it comes up very much here. We do get Screaming Mad George
1: effects here. There are body puddles. There's orgies. There's writhing. There's slime. We get the Brian Usna thing, though, here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've noticed, too, that he is part of films where there's always a female character that is using sex as a weapon in a way, or sex to get what they want, like a manipulation, torture. Have you noticed that? Cause you got from beyond. Now, I know he just produced that, but I feel like society had someone like that at one point. And one of the dentist movies, which are tough for me to watch, but I, I feel like he loves to stick one female in there. That's like using this whole sex, her whole body, feminine, you know, everything for power. I feel like he, that is kind of a trope in his movies.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I would even break it down further in that. Like, I think they have that Yusno likes just women in power in general, and it doesn't always necessarily have to be sexual. I think he just likes having, you know, women sort of in control, you know, whatever, and then sex all the time. Like, just if we're dividing it up, like, dudes, women, creatures,
0: everything fucks in Brian Usna movies. (laughs) Yeah, especially Honey, I Shrunk the Kids that he wrote. I mean, that's just one. that is still the credit. I don't know how much of the story he wrote for Honey I Shrunk the Kids. I'm sure I could find out more, but I just kind of want that to be a mystery. Kind of wonderful that all these
1: guys, the the trio of like Dennis Paoli and uh, Brian Yuzna and Stuart Gordon, all went like immediately from all these Empire movies like Dolls and From Beyond and ReAnimator to Disney to do that. Like boggles my mind, but God bless them because that's a great movie too. <laughs>
0: yep it's uh, it just and then funny he just goes right back at least using you know goes right back into Bride animator and then you've got the, the Silent Night Deadly Night 4 five where he's like writing it I don't know what he did I don't think he directed those he might have produced he them. directed yeah. four he did direct four oh, which day. is the slimy one <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> yeah man this guy loves slime body, uh, mutation, bodies like just smashing into each other and forming. I mean, this guy goes through a lot of Vaseline in his movies.
1: Brian Usna and Screaming Matt George are a match made in heaven. I think they
0: love working on each other's movies. So let's get into the VHS. If we're going down the aisle on a Friday night, Matt, describe the front here.
1: So we get a cover that I'll say right off the top. I really like. We see sort of the silhouette of the Faust horror superhero character, but it's like you don't see, you just kind of see a little bit of maybe red eyes. You see the horns, you see kind of the shape of maybe like a head and wings, and it's over the title. It looks very, almost like a book, probably, you know, in reference to the uh, original story. It looks novel-esque or whatever, over the Faust Love of the Damned title, and then just in a really small picture at the bottom, we see another silhouetted guy in like a padded cell, and it just says everything has a price as our tagline, and of course that's the tagline because we know the the classic Faust tale of selling your soul to the devil or whatever, so... Uh, yeah, I, and that's it. It's a lot of black space. We get a little red pops with, you know, above his head and with a title and sort of, you know, orangish ready filter over the, the padded cell image at the bottom, but it's mostly black. And I, I find this pretty attractive. It's like orange and black kind of Halloween cover colors. I think if I'm looking for like a, a 2000s monster movie in the video store, I'm picking
0: this one up. Yeah. This screams industrial metal this entire cover uh, from the fonts that they love to do in the late 90s, early 2000s, where they're just kind of just going crazy with the fonts. They don't care if you can read it. It's all about what, you know, it's all about striking visuals. And of Mm -hmm. course, the industrial like grittiness. Yeah. And then most of this is black, but you can see with the bricks. I mean, this screams Photoshop industrial metal. Yeah. And that's my scene. So I, (laughs) I, of course, would pick this up. Okay, the back here flipping it with this description is fine and everything. But I would like to point out that these production stills are some of the darkest I've ever seen on the back of a VHS. Yeah, I think this was just the time period.
1: It does look very of its time, even like the there's an image that goes through the kind of the whole left side of like the woman kind of standing looking ominous over kind of the other stills this all looks very just of the time this is a design that i feel like trimark and lions get used all the time for like the backs of their horror movies
0: yep uh okay i'll get i guess i'll get the description on it uh is it worth your soul Uh, we've got a description here of what happens when an ordinary man is so deeply hurt that to take revenge He is capable of doing absolutely anything, even sell his soul to the devil. That's a question mark, by the way. (laughs) Like, I should have read that differently. (laughs) Even sell his
1: soul to the devil?
0: (laughs) Uh, When John Jasper's girlfriend is brutally murdered, he vows to avenge her death any way he can. When the mysterious M appears and offers a solution, John hastily agrees and signs the deal. In blood... Suddenly, John has powers he can't even control, much less understand the violent urges, the razor-sharp claws, the constant pain, and the pulsating scar on the palm of his hand, his constant reminder that everything has its price. Welcome to the nightmare of the 21st century. Is it worth your soul? See, there's a question mark that need. you know, that's a good one. The other one, I, I don't know so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they needed it in that first time. And I don't know on your VHS, but the contrast between the white font that has like a high X height. I know I'm getting a little graphic designy, but anyway, the white font with the orange background is terrible <laughs> to read. Yeah, like
1: you said with the stills, like there's a lot of darkness. It is like very everything's kind of shrouded here like the words are kind of hard to read against kind of the orange background and then the stills
0: you can't really see it is kind of
1: mush back here
0: (laughs) yeah it's a little tough and plus you know this vhs there's not much fade to it but there's just enough and then the background i don't know if you see like the grain that they put on it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: they put a layer of grain because you know it's industrial
1: yeah it's a 2000s horror movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I The other the other thing I clocked immediately on the back of this box is like along where it has like the studios. So you see like Lionsgate and you see Filmex, you see Fantastic Factory. Roadrunner Records is also there as well. So they must have been involved somehow giving their artists uh, over to the soundtrack for this one.
0: Yeah, I know there's some songs on this that you can't get on the soundtrack. I, I mean, I don't I guess the soundtrack was released in the United States. But I I read somewhere that two of the songs are not available on the soundtrack. That always blows my mind when there's a movie. And I guess the license sometimes cover they're allowed to use it in the film, but you can't make profit off it on a soundtrack. Yeah, you can't release it separate. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that's just the artists protecting themselves. I would wager to bet that one of the songs that you can't get on
1: the soundtrack is probably Loco by Cold Chamber, which is the end credits song, because that's probably the biggest song
0: in this movie. Before we start recording, this is a tough one. I mentioned this is a tough one to find the budget to, and I've read somewhere between 8 to $12 million, but I feel like this one might have snuck up even more, and they're kind of trying to pad this, because I'm sure there was a, a, a decent loss or, or at least there wasn't enough gain on this. But I know this did well in Germany and, of course, Italy. Because, I mean, the Germans, anything that's got, like, you know, whips, chains, yo-yos, <laughs> they're going to go for <laughs> Yeah, they like all the Screaming
1: Mad George stuff, too. They like all the slime and sex and stuff like that. Yeah. So, of course. Uh, so I've, I've been a, a kind of a fan of this movie since it came out. This is like my OG VHS that I'm watching for this one. And I kind of followed sort of its how it kind of came to be, and I do remember that this movie, I I believe it was Cannes, the film film festival. This was hot. This was a hot property. People were really excited about this horror movie coming out of Cannes, and I don't know if it was Trimark or Lionsgate. I know they were kind of in bed with each other at the time, but I don't know who picked it up, but one of them picked it up, and it was pretty exciting because this was this, you know, Brian Usena was a name, people knew him from Reanimator, and so they were excited to see this, and this was kind of a new deal between uh, these American filmmakers like Usna and Stuart Gordon, who would do Dagon kind of their next movie and uh, fantastic factory and film Ax, the Spanish companies. Um, so it was like the first kind of union between them. So people were really excited for this movie and horror fans were really excited. And then it kind of had some festival clout and did well. And then, uh, yeah. And then just
0: sort of got dumped on video and then disappeared. Well, I have a guess. And my guess is that Trimark was having financial problems right now. They were spending too much money and distribution was tough. So they were trying to get a lot of help. And I bet that they didn't have much money to market this. And they were hoping that like the festival, uh, I guess press would help them push it to it. But they, I think had this movie out in the theaters for like two weeks and it's gone. But I, and that could be just like coastal theaters by the way. You know, that could be like 100 theaters and some in California, some in New York, you know, and sometimes that happens to these. And I think what they hope is it gets like, you know, the media and the press going around 2000. So it's not really much Internet, but, you know, like the paper where people start to talk about it and then they can get more money to distribute it around the country. But I just think this thing failed. Yeah. And
1: Lionsgate, too, at the time, like maybe they picked it up, and this is probably around the time when they started breaking off on their own, but were prior to this, like Shadow of the Vampire and American Psycho, were getting their movies released through Universal. And I bet Universal was like, we're not going to touch this one. (laughs) You're on your own, guys, and they're like, fine, we're on our own. And then now we still have Lionsgate, so good for them. But (laughs) I would wager to bet that as well.
0: Yeah, because I could tell from the Trimark trailers and stuff when we put this in and you can see these movies just at the end of the Trimark run got very little marketing. They spent too much money on the movies, didn't even think about marketing and distribution, or maybe they did. And I don't know, maybe they thought they'd make the money back and the uh, home rentals, but yeah, man, Trimark when they fell, they fell hard.
1: Yeah. And this, like you said, this is the end of it. Sort of, this is the end of the, the fun wild Trimark era. It it even even they didn't have too many real horror movies to advertise on this uh, VHS on, with the trailers. There's only one, and it's one that's only like kind of a horror movie. So, yeah, it's like they couldn't. It just wasn't. It wasn't happening.
0: Yeah. So let's pop this tape in. But before we do, we want to remind you if you want to help this channel out. I mean, if you really like us and you want to help this channel out. Go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. If you actually put a description in there, I will read it. I will read them all, even if they're mean. Actually, I might laugh the most if they're mean. Like, I would like, just if you're just going to even put a five-star, just put in there Steve Rules, Matt Drools, and then we'll know. Then you don't even have to think about a description. God, I hope we get a few of those. (laughs) We know that I absolutely
1: do not rule so let's keep it honest here <laughs>
0: but your drool is just like you know non-stop, non-stop yeah. <laughs> like o'brien used the movie <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> uh, there we go so help us out rate us on itunes and you know what to put steve rules Matt rules five stars <laughs> okay let's pop this tape in now available on video and dvd It starts off right away with a Trimark promo. We've seen this a lot of times. It always gets me pumped up. I always want to watch more and more Trimark because, man, they had a run in the 90s. Yeah, it's got a
1: lot of fun stuff in it. Very Natural Born Killers heavy. Set to the Hardy Boys entrance theme song, which I always thought was (laughs) hilarious. Uh, (laughs) Even even in the 2000s, I thought that was really funny. Um, And yeah, it does show off a lot
0: of the good stuff that Trimark had in the 90s. It's funny how a song for a wrestler can never escape the wrestler. No. (laughs) It's even worse than like, you know, a sitcom song. Like sometimes a sitcom song can go off a little bit and have its own life. Man, when you're attached to a wrestler and maybe it's just us, but when you're attached to a wrestler, that's that wrestler's song. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin's when I've heard his solo, you know, when it's not just the, the glass breaking and then the background instrumentals. When I actually heard the song, I go, what the fuck? That's a Stone Cold Steve Austin song. It has a title? It's a real song? mm It'll always be Stone Cold. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this, this one is absolutely the Hardy Boys theme for life. And hilariously, as someone who is currently watching wrestling all the time, it is still Jeff Hardy's entrance theme song. Yes. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, and the next one we had was the 411 like movie info.
1: What's new to rent or buy at your local video store this week? Call 1-800-VIDEO-411. The 24-hour hotline that's your ticket to
0: the latest releases on video and DVD. You know, think of its times where you it actually shows like a handhold phone and with a with cord and everything. And I'm like, oh, different times.
1: Yeah, you had to call a phone line to see what was coming out in like video stores because we didn't have the Internet yet. So you either had to go to the store to see the list on the wall or call this number to get the uh, the, the 411 video 411 on uh, what was coming out.
0: Yeah, I didn't want to go to AskJeeves.com and see what movies were coming out <laughs> or whatever that was. Took too long to load. Exactly. Even just a list. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next one we had, the the first real trailer is 100 Girls, which is clearly just a sex comedy kind of like banking off the American Pie popularity.
1: Yeah, so much so they even mention it in the trailer. They're like, it's like a good old slice of American Pie. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I caught that. thought that was hilarious
1: um yeah uh i never seen this one but i i would like to i love these you know early 2000s post american pie dude boner fart movies that are like the sex com r-rated sex comedies of the early 2000s i like all these so i i would like to seek this one out and see this one
0: yeah these came out at the perfect time for both of us because i was in high school college age and you were in that like teenager i mean that's just it covers such a large crowd.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. we absolutely had these movies at the right time. So, yeah. uh, other generations are like, god, those movies are such shit, but we're like, no 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 no. Especially
0: the woke, the woke kids nowadays, the the Twitter, the the TikTok kids and everything, they're like, those are highly inappropriate. Yeah. That's that why we point. liked them. <laughs> <laughs> You shouldn't treat women like sex objects. Yeah, we shouldn't have done a lot of things. (laughs) They're movies from a different time. Get over it. (laughs) Uh, The next one we got was The Widow of St. Pierre. I ain't watching this. Uh -uh. Nope. Fell asleep during the trailer, too. It wasn't (laughs) my vibe at all. I was like, what the hell is this doing on a Trimark movie? (laughs) this is what i was saying i think they were running out of stuff <laughs> at this point already
1: <laughs> well i wonder if
0: this was like one of the lion gates one because now actually that i look at the vhs it has trimark but at the bottom i also see Lionsgate. Uh, maybe it's a lion gate i didn't pay attention probably and they probably
1: stuck it on there too because they're like well this is a spanish movie even though it's in english uh so let's put one of our foreign movies on there too that's probably the reasoning but uh not a good crossover audience, because I do not want to see this movie. <laughs> nope. But the last one I would watch, Tequila Body Shots. Yeah, this looks fun. It's like kind of a monster movie, kind of a sex comedy. Uh, this, this look it's got the one of the Lawrence brothers in it. I would watch this. Uh, unfortunately, it's not on any streamers right now, though. So unless I can find the VHS or DVD somewhere, I will not be seeing this, unfortunately. But I
0: would like to. This looks fun. Yeah, they've got a lot of these just at this time period that are really hard to find. They're just not around.
1: Yeah, this one isn't as much like uh, Faust where the DVD is like crazy expensive to get a hold of because I was able to find already like a $6 DVD of it on Amazon. But uh, I wanted to just stream it. You know, I'll buy
0: it when I know I like it. But uh, so hopefully one day it ends up. I
1: even checked YouTube because I know some of these
0: movies end up on there and I could not find it. I can tell you one thing, if you look up Tequila Body Shots and you look at the videos, first page of Google, uh, our uh, (laughs) our VHS trailer capture of it is number one. (laughs) Nice. Very nice. It's awesome. Love it. We finally nailed the Tequila Body Shots uh, Google algorithm.
1: Yeah, I probably literally saw it when I Googled it earlier.
0: (laughs) I was looking for the movie. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into this movie. And now, our feature presentation starts off with a bunch of logos going through of who produces. The one that caught my eye was Fantastic Factory because they have so many of these movies that are kind of just lost.
1: Yeah, and they did a lot of really cool stuff. Like, we, Dagon, obviously, Stuart Gordon is great. But they, did, there's a, they, they did one called The Nun. From a few years ago that was really fun. They did one called Beneath Still Waters that was really fun. I liked Fantastic Factory. I kind of missed them.
0: Yeah, I do too. I, I don't know what happened to them, this production house. I don't know if they're still going. They could be. I think they actually changed their name to like Pick Flicks or something. But I think they also changed the type of movies they were doing maybe. I don't know. I haven't really studied on them. So don't listen to anything I'm saying, listeners. <laughs>
1: Yeah, now my familiarity is from the the 2000s. Because, yeah, like I said, I haven't seen them do anything lately. But uh, like I said at the top, I think this is the first Fantastic Factory movie as well. So this is kind of exciting.
0: Kicking in the door with this one. Yeah, they're starting hot. (laughs) Then we get, okay, so the whole beginning, the first like five minutes of this feels like a different movie. Because we get a quote from the rest. Now, you wouldn't know that if you're first popping it in. But we get a quote that says, the desires we deny find us at fate. And then it has the quote by M. Now, at the time, you're like, who the hell is M? That's what I was thinking. Like, who? What? Is this like someone I should know?
1: They should have quoted like the story or one of like the books, you know, like one of the the Faust adaptations or whatever. Like having it quoted as M makes it
0: very confusing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think what was even more confusing is this like art studio beginning where the camera's all tilted and it's really slow. It was straight up like it's an art film where we see a guy like there's a dead body. But I don't even know if we know it's a girl at the time, his girlfriend. Then it jumps into new metal, industrial new metal opening credits and it is just jaw like it really uh like my dog jumped up in the air i had the volume way too loud (laughs) it was a it's an exciting opening this is back to me
1: wishing i could see this in theaters i wish i could see this movie when it came out in theaters because what a rocking opening you know besides just the new metal song but like you've got like the drippy font and everything and then every every title that comes at the screen flies at the screen and burns up as it like goes across the screen it's very like fucking Batman and Robin with like the twisting words as they come and burn up towards the screen well all well yeah some badass new metal song from the 2000s is playing over the credits I was getting pretty hyped when I watched this again
0: (laughs) yeah they had to do this to jolt the entire audience awake Especially after The Widow of St. Pierre. They're like, we know. We'll get you awake. No, 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 no. Fast, fast, fast. (laughs) Whoa. I mean, when my dog jumped, I'm not kidding. He jumped up and he left the room. And I'm like, "Uh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Too metal for (laughs) you. He's more of a Kenny Rogers kind of dog. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Adult contemporary. I understand. (laughs) And then you find out right away that this is a nonlinear cut film. But... I don't think it started as a nonlinear cut film because it's just nonlinear films are tough. You have to have them really planned out or they kind of confuse your audience. And I was confused. Like some of the cutting, the editing is kind of nauseating. Like, I don't know where I'm at, what time period, what's happening. There's a flashback. So I would say like the first 15, 20 minutes are really diced in this movie.
1: Yeah, and it is a unique circumstance because usually when you sort of have the wraparound and then the backstory, it's kind of the whole movie. But like you said, it's only like the first 20 minutes that it's nonlinear. Then we kind of pick back up and then the rest of the movie is linear.
0: Yeah, I would say right when he gets inside of the psych ward, whatever he's in, where he's intu- institutionalized, then it like turns linear. So I would say about, no, when? I don't know, honestly, now because I'm trying to think. Is he in this? Does he turn into Faust first, then the psych ward? No, he's just he signed the deal already, and he
1: is regular killer guy, and he he doesn't turn into superhero guy until he dies and goes to hell, which is later. So this is still just regular him as a killer, having signed the contract.
0: Ah, I do know that Jeffrey Combs, who is credited as Lieutenant Dan which we found the mystery that this is actually a sequel to Force Gump.
1: Yes. The further adventures
0: of Lieutenant Dan when he becomes a cop and turns into Jeffrey Combs and grows legs. The sequel that you have not seen. Yes. Oh, man. But uh, when Jeffrey Combs got those giant sideburns, I'm like, that just blew my mind.
1: Yeah, he's like, cool guy, rock star, Lieutenant Dan, Jeffrey Combs. This.
0: <laughs> he's got his leather jacket on. And he yeah. is hitting on that music therapist hardcore.
1: Yeah, like just hopelessly,
0: too, you know, like he's like, <laughs> he's just try- laying it on thick. Oh, and then we get that commissioner with the cigar, which just every scene he's in, he is chewing everything On the walls. I mean, (laughs) the entire script is in his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he is outdone by one man in this movie. Uh, M, which I think stands for Mustaphalis? What is it? Mephistopheles? Mephistopheles. (laughs) Makanakataris? I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. And, of course, this is Andrew DeVolf. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Yeah think so uh, he is the dream master himself wish master wish master wait what is dream master freddie oh damn That's embarrassing. <laughs> i have crossing. a kid it's i'm fine <laughs> you're crossing your franchises
1: <laughs> jesus christ what's wrong with me <laughs> uh but yeah the wish master himself is
0: here Given a big performance, as he tends to do when given this kind of material. (laughs) Now, there are some pretty corny lines, dialogue in this movie, but he just takes and he goes, I can do that. I mean, I've made a career of this. Just give it to me. (laughs)
1: I mean, he turns a woman into a boob butt monster at some melt, melts her into giant boobs in a butt uh, with little, little tiny finger arms. So, yeah, he's having fun here.
0: <laughs> but what I was saying earlier is you got to give me a mulgan on crossing my franchises because I have a kid now. I'm allowed to make 35 mistakes an episode, which is just over my average of 22. <laughs> All
1: right. We'll give you a little more leniency. <laughs> I'll let it but I swear
0: if 36 mistakes you're out okay
1: sounds good I'll keep I'll keep an eye on you I'll make sure I'll only correct you after the
0: 36th time (laughs) (laughs) oh no that's gonna get that's gonna be hard on you (laughs) but yeah this the the woman in here Monica Van Campen who plays Claire is just horny as hell
1: I love this character.
0: I just, I just love
1: her. Uh, she, I think she's great. I also think that Brian Yuzna has a fetish for like seeing boobs through, through like see through clothing because it <laughs> happens with this woman and another character later in the movie. So like, I think, uh, I think there's there's a fetish for see through clothing happening here. But yes, this woman, she loves sexing it up with anyone she can get her hands on and just like totally doesn't give a shit about it either. Just no holds barred. We all fuck and I love her attitude.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's even there's even a guy in the movie who like rejects her. He's like get get away from me. You've got nothing I want. <laughs> like, whoa, that's going to really piss her off. <laughs> and guess what? She gets what she wants out of him anyway. <laughs> she does, yeah. Uses him another way, but yeah, this character is fascinating to watch through this because at first I thought it was just sex, and then she like has sex and murders someone, but that's like a little character, you know, so she gets off on that. It was a fun character because she's also like Starscream looking to portray. You <laughs> know, it's just like just think about Scar Starscream now, screaming at Megatron. <laughs> that
1: was another cut scene from this movie that's also in the director's (laughs) cut
0: yeah it really was odd you know it was like one of those artistic cuts where you put in a cartoon i I just it didn't work yeah but and since you can't find any information online about it uh prove me wrong (laughs) somebody somebody tell me that i'm wrong about that (laughs) but she's just interesting because she you know pulls out a shotgun and shoots a dude and then tortures jade the female antagonist in this movie and the survivor girl of this film which is interesting but man this character is all over the place she starts as a musical therapist doing like experimental cd therapy i'm gonna say that uh which is interesting but then it turns out that she's in love with faust or john jaspers at first sight even though he was in a psych ward drawing on the wall with his own blood but apparently she fell in love with that and then she's in love with the Faust character as well or she's cool with it and then it turns out that her father raped her and then she becomes apparently the body that's gonna take the baby of Andrew or of M I don't know this is all over the place like I I watched this movie one and a half times and there's parts of this where I'm like lost of what they're doing at the end
1: well, I just want to say those one and a half times paid off because having just watched it right before we recorded, you nailed it. That's exactly
0: what's going on. You're like, you got it. You got what there
1: was to get out of that.
0: <laughs> that I mean, she's all over the place. And at one point I thought that M like reincarnated as her father to rape her and then perform a ceremony on her in the future. But I don't think that's correct. I think that's me like just filling in blanks. I think I still think you're right. I don't know about the so much of the future
1: thing, but I just know it's he's back somehow. And yeah, he's pretending to be your father to Raver to make the homunculus, which is a giant
0: penis snake monster that comes out of the ground. Yeah, you can thank Screaming Matt George for that, because apparently he got some Japanese artists or something to do. The original one that when he saw the actual like model of it, it He's like, no, we're not using that. And he went to Screaming Mad George to make this sadistic puppet that is really worth it. Like, good job. (laughs) I mean, is this the type of thing that you could put in theaters to general audience? No, probably not. But for us, this is like right what I want to see. It's like you nailed it. Bullseye.
1: Yeah. I mean, you get a giant creature at the end shooting hell lasers out of his forehead. I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) You got me. (laughs) It's done. I like this movie. Uh, Yeah, and it looks awesome. It looks like a cool penis snake monster thing. I read that in the comic book, the original was a werewolf looking thing uh, from that is the homunculus. Good call
0: going with the penis snake monster. If you would have went with a werewolf, that's just like another little detail to this movie because this movie has so many like plot that it's it's trying to get so much plot across. You know, we've got Faust getting powers from the devil, committing revenge like within 25 minutes of this film. You know, cuz this is this this film's basically like I think I texted you what. It's Batman, Spawn, The Mask, uh you added The Crow and it's like all put into a blender, blended together and then like cut and it's like edited together by Herbert West. It totally is. I mean it is. It's all of these like Spawn
1: and the Crow, X-Men, all these things that were at the time sort of, you know, and then uh the you know, the mask, all these things that they're all based on comic books and so is this. It's just it's it's part of that vibe and this movie is sort of plucking all these things to shove into the blender. To make our little Faust smoothie here. Our Screaming Mad George skin, slime, and viscera smoothie.
0: And it works. Pluck from all those things. Because all those things are fun to watch. So, yeah. So you start with the revenge. And here I'll play the clip right now of how M talks to John Jaspers. Get him to sign the contract. I can offer you a new life where nothing can hurt you. Life everlasting.
1: Beyond good and evil where all that matters are your desires. You can have the power to express what you feel inside. I feel nothing inside. Oh, you feel something. No question about it, you feel something. I feel... Hate. Hate's nice. For the one who put you here. I wanna tear his fucking heart out. I can give you the power of vengeance. Forever. All I ask in return is, your immortal soul.
0: That isn't too much to ask, is it, of someone who believes in nothing? So there you go. There's M chomping into the script, uh, while you've got like a screaming John Jasper's. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets revenge within 25 minutes. And when I was texting you, like the crow takes an entire movie and uh, builds this entire beautiful revenge story, where the mob kills his girlfriend, he gets the powers. And then he goes and he has one night, Devil's Night, to get revenge. And, you know, his power comes from the crow and all this. So you have this big, beautiful, artistic movie and everything. And this film goes, nah, revenge, 20 minutes, done. (laughs) Now he's just a fucking monster that's just killing people with Wolverine claws. (laughs) And he doesn't even start as a monster. We should say that M gets mad at him and buries him alive, but then for some reason throws his gauntlets in there. So then he can fight a spider skeleton, which is very (laughs) Army of the Darkness, by the way. And then he rises to then go into an alley, cut some dudes up and really confuse you on the tone of this movie. Because he's just like looking good. And he like kisses a uh, what a severed head. Yeah, Yeah. nuts. (laughs)
1: I also love the reveal, like when he first emerges and he's like covered in, you know, the makeup and everything. Now he's full, full superhero. He's got the cape and everything. What does he say? Like, uh-oh or something like that? Or, like, it's either oh or oh yeah. Or yeah, like I think that. it's like a uh-oh. <laughs>
0: it's so funny. <laughs> and this is when he turns on his like Jim Carrey performance.
1: Yes. And I think that Mark, I think that Mark Frost, the actor who's in there is best in the suit. Honestly, I think he's a little flat when he's just a regular guy, but he's got the right look and he's got the charisma for this, the anti-hero superhero part, though, for sure.
0: Oh, definitely. I, I think he got this role like they were kind of interested in him, you know, probably when he came in because he, he's a very Face heavy actor. You know what I mean? Making all these goofy faces. They're a little too distracting. But when you put that mask on him, I got it. I was like, oh, okay, Yeah, you got the part because of this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some of the human stuff. eh, He's fine. Whatever. But yeah, he get when he gets to do the face work and, you know, play a little bit.
0: Be like Jim Carrey in the mask like you were saying. That's when he really shines. Yeah. And I did really like and I cut this up too. you can see this in our YouTube channel. The subway scene. Uh, is kind of just fun just like a fun action scene
1: yeah there's some good stuff in here and that's that's what kind of breaks my heart about you know what looks like there are little cuts in here because when when it's on and he's doing this stuff and he's got the wolverine claws and he's ripping dudes up and it's big action sequences like that they're really fun in this movie
0: yeah i mean there's certain parts of this that reminds me of like uh what am i thinking of dead roses um the death metal 80s movie black roses um, so there's like mistake 12 we're getting close <laughs> yeah it reminds me a little bit of that in the absurdness and kind of the tone
1: yeah it is it, you know revenge it is a little bit all over the place and you know drama funny gory serious you know like it's a little all over the place so totally schizophrenic as i like to call these movies uh but it's delicious
0: Yeah, I will tell you, like, you know, I've talked a little bit of shit about this, but this is one. This is a memorable movie.
1: Yes. And, you know, being kind of like a trashy 2000s horror movie or whatever flies by so watchable. Like I couldn't I didn't stop it at any point. I just sat for 90 minutes and watched this movie.
0: Yeah, I guess one of the best compliments I can give it is. I thought this movie was probably 80 minutes. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is 99 minutes. Yeah, they did a good job of editing. Uh, You know, I wish not. I wish they would have calmed down with some of the cuts. I don't know why they did that, Uh, because if you're trying to cut it down for general audiences, you know, the obviously the boob, butt puddle of whatever woman, you know, you're not going to get it. It's gone. It's done. And, you know, they're not cutting that. That took a lot of fucking work. Yeah, that's got CG
1: and uh, practical effects at work there, and it's kind of a big scene. So, yeah, they're not going to cut that. So, you know, the the little trims here and there. How how much good are you doing? You know, but it's probably just it's two thousand probably just to get it in a blockbuster. Blockbusters like we're okay with boob and butt puddles, but if you put a
0: little bit of blood in it, we're going to not be happy. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, is there blood splattered on the face? Mm, I don't know this might be an X. What are you talking about? We just- <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah blockbuster was weird. I mean, I know there's like a lot of nostalgic love for blockbuster right now, but it was really weird on what they chose. No, my nostalgia for
1: renting movies is the mom and pop shops. It wasn't oh, yeah. <laughs> where where I would have rented a movie like this, you
0: know. <laughs> now we had a place called Pacific Video and Written Go, and Written Go especially, man, they had some weird shit. And we're talking about like you know Christian. Uh, I don't, we weren't heavy Christian in my part of Missouri, but that's always kind of like floating over missouri you know there's like a fog of this weird christian even in the you know the more st louis area but anyway you know we had some weird shit in that one so kudos to them they were business owners first any other kind of belief second which is my kind of people
1: (laughs) that's right (laughs) don't
0: i don't give a shit what you believe in but you better let me watch some faust yeah i remember my video store one of my Big two that I always went
1: to. It was West Coast video. It became Lion video later. Uh, But they had faces of
0: death. You know, (laughs) like they didn't give a shit. (laughs) No, yeah, that was the Pacific video that we had. They had two of the faces of death, but they had them in the porn section. So the day we rented one of them, I can't remember what it was, is we had our friend sneak in there and grab it. And then when we got to the, the classic Todd in the front, he's just like, I don't give a shit yeah exactly they don't care summer day and like four kids you know all of us on our bikes whatever fuck it i don't care give me my
1: 99 cent for this old ass movie and then get out
0: of here dude was probably making five dollars an hour if that (laughs) if that at the time yeah he didn't care that'll kind of end it with our faust because i i think we covered it all that we should It, uh, once again,
1: like society builds to an orgy-esque ending. So if you're into that kind of stuff, if society's one of the ones that uh, you really like for the 80s trash horror, you get a little bit of that at the end of this one, too, with the before mentioned penis snake monster thing. And uh, yeah, it does have a kind of a tragic ending. We lose, we kind of lose most of the cast. We just basically have our survivor girl left. So it uh and then it and then it just ends and then it's just like it's
0: over and then we get loco by Cold Chamber and I was like hyped again. <laughs> yeah, I there's one thing that I wish they would have kept in there. Apparently there was a uh, an after credit scene where it shows Jade, which I thought her name was Jane the entire movie until I looked at the credits, but Jade apparently is pregnant with M's child. Oh, of course. Because well, she's like I can't have kids. I guess it would have, yeah, would it be M's child? Oh, sorry uh-huh. to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I was just saying that, like, she has that speech with him where she's like, you should have done your research. I can't have kids or whatever. So, like, of course she has M's kid. <laughs> or
0: maybe it's the Fost kid. Maybe it's one of, the, or maybe it's both. Yeah, doesn't he yeah, M has that line of, like, evil's always doing the impossible, something right. like that. Or
1: I'm, I, uh, I live for... You the thrill of the impossible or
0: something like that. Something, yeah. So, yeah, that would have been fun. You should have kept that in. Why not? I mean, literally, why not? <laughs> exactly. Set you did everything sequel. else. <laughs> <laughs> when well, you got a skeleton spider, I think you can pretty much do whatever you want after that. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I love that scene. Oh, I hope everyone goes to our YouTube channel and look, just watches these clips because they're fantastic yeah and if you can get your hands on this movie uh, wholeheartedly recommend uh yeah this is one you have to watch i don't think everyone will enjoy it but the the trashy ones you know you know who you are you'll enjoy it
1: the horror fans the screaming man george fans the slime fans the 2000s trash horror fans this is grade a premium right here <laughs>
0: oh, very memorable so let's go on to the museum This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. It belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle and bring something back like Indy. Oh boy, the hot and sweaty sticky month. Matt, I'll let you go first. There's a lot
1: of stuff I like in this movie, especially, particularly like the effects and the Screaming at George stuff, but... Uh, you know, I got to go with the thing that sticks out the most to me when I think of this movie, and that's sort of the final form suit. I love his little with the horns, and he's got the ones that come off the chin, and he's got the sharp teeth, and he's got the cape, and he's got the Wolverine claws, and he's this purple, red monster all over, very, like, Power Rangers-y. Yeah, I love this outfit. I love this superhero outfit he
0: gets. Yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of, now that I think about it, it looks a little bit like, like Bible Man's long-lost cousin.
1: Bible Man getting smashed together with Ivan Ooze. That's what it is. Oh, yeah,
0: there we go. Except, <laughs> <Ren>. Except <laughs> Ren, and Red. Except Red, not yeah. And from Hell. Well, Bible Man might be from Hell. We don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably. uh a lot of evil people uh support bible man (laughs) except this guy who knows he's the true hero that's gonna save us all that's right bible man i want an entire month of bible man but matt won't let me i won't (laughs) this is is a
1: fact this is truth i'm like you're not getting me to watch four of those it's not gonna happen (laughs) It's not going to happen. Sometimes I got to put my foot down and this is one of the times. Just taking my bag and leaving. No.
0: You can get me to watch one in a month. One. Use it sparingly. It's hard to believe back in the day that I got an entire Jesus month. Jesus January. I think that's what broke me. <laughs> I think that's the reason why we
1: can't do it again. <laughs> I
0: went I went too fast, too hard. <laughs> and it nearly broke me. Uh, oh, yeah. the, that God. Fast and the Furious Month, we were not family. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after that corny joke, I'm putting in the boob and butt puddle. It's wonderful. It truly is wonderful. Yeah, that's the highlight of the movie to me it's always the visual that i'll remember because half of me is just like wait is that from society like i I (laughs) always get that confused but uh society was more actually you know what i don't want to tell anyone about society just go watch it and then come back to me and let me know your thoughts on shunting (laughs) 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 well once their minds actually like come back together yes yeah because that movie is something
1: It's something else, for sure.
0: (laughs) But I love that, uh, yeah, the boob, butt puddle. Actually, I just love the character, too. Because she's just, she's just like one of those characters that kind of sticks out. Like, she doesn't have the great monologues, but her all, I don't know. Her intentions,
1: her intentions, and like her juicy kind of like, is she playing against M or is she with M? you know kind of, those characters are always the most interesting and yeah to watch her
0: literally melt into a puddle of her own boobs and butt is pretty hilarious <laughs> yeah and you can tell this actress loves being in front of the camera
1: yeah like she's
0: another scenery chewer too she's really yeah. having fun with what she's given here <laughs> all right that'll end it this week for our first hot and sticky movie I'm going to change the title every time, but it's always going to have hot in it. Could be sweaty, could be sticky, could be gooey. It's all of them. Yeah, we
1: got a couple more hot, hot movies coming up for you for July.
0: I don't know if they're as hot as this one, but we'll see. We'll We'll see. see.
1: Come back and find out.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I did watch one other movie. I got to actually, so I watched Sweet Tooth. Have you seen this Netflix? Seriously?
1: No, I love Jim Mickle though, so I probably will at some point.
0: Yeah, I think you should watch it. I was pleasantly surprised when I first heard about it. Um, I didn't have much to, you know, I just saw a little bit of the trailer, kind of turned it off, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's like a kid in the fantasy world. I get it. But then I watched it, and it re- you really do stick to the characters, and I was really impressed with it.
1: Nice. Yeah, it's kind of on my radar. I I like the director, so
0: I probably will check it out at some point. Yeah, I definitely think anyone who's kind of into that fantasy, you know, tween type movies, even though I wouldn't call it a tween movie or series, not a movie. But, you know, uh, I did start the Loki series. I am. I think I'm liking this one more than the other Disney Plus Marvel series. Uh, I really was not a fan of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I just think the Winter Soldier is boring. And, you know, everything I just kind of felt was obvious. Um, And then with the the first Disney Plus, because I don't think you and I talked about it. uh, You know, uh, the final boss was boring. So I think with this Loki one, it's interesting. It's wacky even though i'm not much of a time travel person i kind of like what they're doing with this one i get it and so far i've been the most interested in this now i can tell you what marvel has had a problem with in these series is their bad guys aren't that interesting and they gotta they gotta do it for me in this one come on because i'm tired of wasting hours i mean I know a lot of Marvel fans will be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But, hey, that's just how I feel. That's how I am on these shows so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, without getting into much of, like, the criticism of the movies or whatever, but one of the things of the movies is that they're pretty long-winded to get to a point that you kind of know where they're going to go anyway, you know, where they're naturally going to go. So, yeah, having it in a show form is only kind of stretching it even further.
0: Yeah, I think... Falcon and the winter soldier was the hardest to get through Uh Wanda vision. I was kind of like, Oh, where is this going? Oh, this is kind of interesting. This is new. And then it got to the end and I was like, ah, uh, yeah, he's, it's the same thing. I figured it was, um, you know, I'm hoping with Loki that there's, I don't know, something different, but I, I don't, I don't know what you do with this character. That's why I was surprised they even made a show of him.
1: Yeah. I, uh, it, it I never understood sort of like the Marvel fandom, how deep it went for Loki in general. You know, I think he's a good villain or foil or whatever to Thor. But like I never understood sort of the deep, deep fandom for this character from the movies. Like I just didn't I didn't get it.
0: Yeah, well, I don't even get their powers. I've always been confused about the whole Thor, um, you know, Odin, like they're magical they can't be killed but they're also vulnerable in a way i i I don't get it i don't get how far their power stretch and i guess it really doesn't matter whatever neither you know thor's never gonna die um he's a god i guess or like a tiny god (laughs) (laughs) uh and so but with loki he was even more confusing because like wait are you just like good at magic and can your magic like go everywhere does magic travel well from universe to universe i've always wondered that and
1: i've always thought too, sort of like the god of mischief thing that you know loki is named after never really came across you know like the same way like the mask for example you know that's loki's mask in that and like he's chaos all the time and he's doing it for no reason other than the chaos but like loki in the Uh, Marvelverse never feels like the god of mischief. He just feels like Thor's brother who likes him sometimes. You know? (laughs) Another check-in. How's Gossip Girl treating you? Gossip Girl's going great. I'm on episode 13. Uh, It's still just as delicious. It's the... You know, every episode is just filled with drama that any other normal show would stretch out over like a whole season. They bang out in like a half hour. And I really appreciate that. And it's, yeah, it's just fun. It still has sort of the bitchy cattiness from the first half of the season. Now that I'm in the second half, Uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. And I, I cannot wait to keep just digging in. I'm doing like one a night. So I'm not, you know, blazing through it, but I'm moving fast for me on a show. Yeah.
0: You can't wait until you get farther into it so i want to see if there's any point where your your brain's just like this is too much <laughs> I'm, I'm sure i will and then i'm
1: sure i'll love it again and then i'm sure it'll be a point where i hate it and then i'm sure there'll be a point where i think it's the greatest thing ever and i'm sure there'll be a point where i'm like i don't even want to watch this thing anymore <laughs> like, because that's just that shows that's what they do to you so and it's seven seasons long so got some work ahead of me here Plenty of time to feel all those things. I also have a recommendation for a movie to to listeners who are specifically tuning in for this Faust episode. I got a horror movie, kind of a sleeper, came out a couple years ago that I just saw that I really, really liked a lot. Uh, It's called uh, Double Date. It's British, and it's basically the setup is two guys go on a double date with two girls who want to sacrifice them. So it's pretty, and it's fun. Jeez. <laughs> it's really, really fun. It's a good little horror movie, horror comedy, I guess. Uh, it, I just, I went in with no expectations and came out very pleasantly surprised. And if you like that kind of setup and if you, you know, you like stuff like Faust, like you're in, you're into kind of conceptual horror movies. This one's fun. I, I recommend it. I recommend it highly. It's a sleeper from a couple years ago. So
0: if you could find it streaming on something, definitely check it out. All right, we've got some stuff for them to watch. Don't, maybe don't go through all of Gossip Girl. <laughs> but,
1: I'll check yeah. it. I'll let you know about halfway through if it's worth the journey.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a heavy assignment. Don't want to give them too much. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, uh, remember to be kind and rewind.